Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spring Fever with me, XFL, USFL, CFL, Jim of all leagues, joined by Eric, Uncle Rico. How you doing, buddy? Dude, doing good, man. Doing good. Ready for football to get started. I think we're like 60 or some odd days away. So, uh, you know, that's two months, dude. <laughs> uh, we're about four days away. Actually, we're about today days away because we have CFL going on tonight. Sorry, ready for college football, my friend. Oh, ready for college I'm so, football. I'm so ready for college football. Like as a caveat, like yay, CFL is awesome. Yeah, USFL is the fucking best. Col- There's nothing like college football. Sorry, buddy, I got a little premature in my college football celebrations, dude. It, you it's know, all good. Rocking that Central Michigan Chippewa shirt. This should be my official outfit for the show because I see. I feel like I'm wearing it like every week. I feel like you're wearing it a ton too, but. What a week. Let's just talk some USFL playoffs right now. What did you think of the games? Um, I was a little disappointed with the generals. Um, I bet you were. But you know what? First half under hit. You have your stars, future home. Um, I thought the star, I thought the stars defense played better than it had for the whole year. The second half of the season, I thought they did play better. I didn't think they were going to be able to stop the generals run game which kind of shocked me. I thought the general's D line was going to be able to get to Cookus, which and disrupt him, which he wasn't for the most part. First half of the game, a little more defensive oriented than I thought. Second half of the game, you know, stars came up with some plays to seal a victory. That was a big thing for me. I was super impressed with how the stars defense came to play. They've been on an upshoot for the last, I'd say four weeks ish. Um, the offensive line looked way better. Stars just all around impressed me. And then for the generals, yeah, uh, Luis Perez picked a real rough time to start throwing interceptions. He had only thrown one the entire year. and this game, he throws two, both on pretty crucial drives. One in the red zone, returned for like 70 yards early on. I think that was a huge momentum shift. And then Mike Riley, like, I get he wants to use both quarterbacks. I get he wants to use DeAndre Johnson and Luis Perez, but I don't understand the decision times of when he chose to switch in DeAndre Johnson like mid drive at some points and then like just for a play or two and then pull him back out. It that left me a little head scratch. Well, you know the saying, if yeah, if you if you if you what is it? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. It worked for him all year though. It worked for him all year and then once DeAndre Johnson gets injured and Lewis Perez has to be the guy, like he just he wasn't the same. And you're not gonna win a semifinal matchup having three turnovers, especially with one in the turn in the red zone, um, they only averaged 3.5 yards an attempt rushing. That's that something that really weird. stood out for me. I thought they were going to be able to run the ball a little bit better. But kudos, kudos to the Stars. I mean, you sifted out a couple of weeks ago. You said they were peaking at the right time, and you're in a great position. I mean, they for how good the Generals' defense has been for the whole season, the Stars had five red zone attempts, dude. I mean, they were moving up and down the field, but – Against the Stallions, those five red zone attempts, they need to get more than one red zone TD. They have to get six against the Stallions. They can't be settling for threes or not not putting any points on the board. Let's just move on. The Stallions versus Breakers. The Stallions, oh, my God, they looked amazing. Dude, that was a Smith is that dude. That that was a beatdown. The Breakers' defense, they weren't able to get off the field. Um, I felt there was times in the fourth quarter where – they just needed to stop the run, and they just couldn't do it. They they I, just could not stop the run at all to get off the off the field. Having Bo Starbro back there, 
who is a dude is at any short yardage, you're up against it. They go with that old school full house backfield and they're just getting first down after first down. It stars are going to be up against it. They, they're going to need to be able to win at the point of attack to have any shot. Once the stallions have any sort of lead, it's super dangerous just because Bo Scarborough and that offensive line, you can just lean on them super hard. This game, I feel like, yes, it was a blowout, but it's sneaky was a little bit closer because Kyle Sloter just the, – the kid hasn't seen a pass he doesn't think he can complete. He'll throw anything up there. Triple coverage, he doesn't care. He's getting a hit, he doesn't care. He will never throw a ball out of bounds. Two picks, two crucial picks. Brutal. Brutal for breakers to you. Just off the top of your head. Who do you think had more yards, the Breakers or Stallions? It was the Breakers. Yeah, by 100. Yeah. Stallions only had 289 total yards, only averaged 5.2 yards per play. The turnovers were massive. I mean, those turnovers, Breakers had 328 total yards, um, averaging, was it, 8.2 yards a pass attempt. Um, but those two interceptions just killed them. If they're not turning the ball over – this game, you know, probably be a little bit closer, and you know, I'm, we're probably cashing that plus five plus that we had for the break. I think so, and it could have been different just because if the game's closer later in the game, they can't just lean on their run game because that defense isn't on the field as often early on. They're not as worn down. Maybe they have to actually throw it, and who knows what would have happened then? Because Jamar, like as much as I love the guy, he's kind of inconsistent. He's very inconsistent. You're being way too nice to the kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> he got that dog in him, though. Yeah, he does. Like, some guys just have it, and they're able to take your team to the next level, and they he definitely has that. I do think both quarterbacks going into the finals, the Stars and the Stallions, their quarterback has that dog in him. Case Cook is, his body craves contact, and I love that about him so much. Before we before we jump on to, like, previewing this and previewing the CFL, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of CFL. I was really zoned in on the USFL this last week. I did like live streams of both the games. So forgive me on that two punt returns for touchdowns in the stars generals game, which is a rarity. (laughs) That was awesome. That was fantastic. Which yeah, I, I love me some special teams points. Like, so when Cavante Turpin did his for the generals, they were talking about, Oh, they were announcing that as the play of the game as the stars were like beginning their touchdown run. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. It was crazy. I mean, that, but I'll be honest, like, so the, um, back to the Stallions breakers game, breakers scored it to cut it to, what was it to cut it to 14 all right. And I really think the Stallions getting that late touchdown right before the half was, was, was huge. I mean, if that game was tied, I'm not saying that it would have played out better, but for the Stallions to get that TD right before the half, to just carry allowing them, them yeah, just to like allow them yeah. to come into second half with the lead, build the momentum on the run game, just pound the rock. If you're if you're in a tight, close game, you can't afford to eat up that much clock. But I mean, you hit on the head. Like they have that lead, they're just sitting on the ball because you can't stop it. You know, exactly. and they're making your defense work. I thought that was under an underrated thing for them to get that TD right before the end of the um, the end of the half to get that lead going in the second half. I think that was absolutely massive. So that brings us to the future, the USFL finals. Also, congrats on the USFL. You made it to the finals. That's fantastic. Love it. 
Stallions are four and a half point favorites. Stars plus 165 on the money line with a total set at 45 and a half. Give me that under 22 and a half for the first half. I think people are going to be nervous. I think it's going to be a little bit of a sloppy game. I think they're going to get the run game going a little bit. Uh, I like the under. I wasn't really. If you take. How can I say this? I wasn't that impressed with the overall explosiveness of the Stallions offense last game. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I it's this is just my mentality. It's in my head. Stars are playing. I'm taking the over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I respect that. I don't mind your second, your first half under though. Like I can combine those. I two. love playing first half unders in you know, in uh in these championship games. You know, we hit it in the first game. I'll take it. I'll take it here. I'll play that first half under. But you know, with how explosive the Scars offense is. I got to take the plus four and a half. You got to take the plus four and a half without even thinking about it. Do I double dip and take stars money line? But you, you have that juicy future. I, even I do have that. that juicy future of like plus 600. So if you tail Jim, what I would do is I would take the four and a half. And then I would just kind of wait. And then if I got the uh, stallions at plus money, I would look to do that. Okay. You're a hedge guy though. I know, but see, you know, I want to retire early, dude. That's my goal in life, dude. I want to retire early. That way you and I can, that way I get to see more of you. I can go into Nebraska. I can get some corn because I made a killer corn dish today. You know, I, I would hedge just to get the money. I don't hedge. That's something I do. What I gamble for, it's not about the money. It is about the feeling of a rush. That's why I gamble. There's nothing quite like a rush of a futures bet that's about to cash. I'm not going to be betting the money line here. I'm not going to double dip, but I will be not hedging. Okay. Team no hedge. Okay. Moving away from the USFL. Congrats on the USFL for completing their inaugural season. That's a big move. Love it. I will say this. Let's give props where props is due. USFL. They fucking did it. Dude, more viewership than F1. More viewership than EPL, more viewership than NHL, more viewership MLS, more viewership than those MLB games. Now I understand that it the viewership kind of decreased as the season went along, but how I look at it, these games are being played weekends during the summer. You know what I mean? Like when it gets to this time when you're in the end of June and June, that's when you're going to see viewership decrease. You look at it. Week seven was the first week in June. Okay. Before that, they were getting over 1 million views. As soon as June hit 830 K seven, 733 K eight, 15 K week, 10, only 649 K week, 10. You know what I mean? It's father's day weekend. That's a tough thing. Well, it's that and like the playoffs were already locked up. Everyone kind of figured those games like didn't matter at that point. Uh, The storylines were already locked up. Like you said, Father's Day, the dog days of summer, everyone wants to be outside anyway. Yeah, so that's tough. I mean, like, but I mean, week two, one million. Week three, one point one four four million. Week uh, four, one point five nine million. I mean, you know, week six, one point one nine six million. I mean, that. That is insane viewership for, and we talked about it, 
little to no publicity. You know, dirt, you know, so I'll give them crop props. I think there is room to go grow. I think the more that you get like these quarterbacks, like or who I whatever whoever is the face of the team, whatever player, you get these guys more like um like going on the herd, going on whatever Fox Sports One talk show there is. You know what I mean? The yeah. more you get these guys out there in the mainstream, the better it is. They had nothing on ESPN, you know. So well, that's people are thinking that's a concerted effort from ESPN because ESPN now is basically partnered with the XFL. Mm-hmm. And uh the fact that the USFL is like a Fox NBC thing. Yeah. Maybe ESPN just didn't want to acknowledge it. That's, a, that's, that, that's the rumor. Well, if that's it, you know, whatever it is, what it is, but still like Fox Sports. They did talk about the playoffs. They did. They did mention yeah. the playoffs. But I mean, like, I guess like my thing, like Fox Sports one is all those shows. You can put them on whatever, you know, they have their whole radio network on the serious radio, put them on whatever, whoever wins the game on Sunday, you know, Tuesday morning, have the coach or the team on the today show. You know what I mean? Just get it oh, yeah. a little bit more mainstream have the mvp go on the tonight show you know there's rooms there is room to grow this and get this more mainstream all it takes is just a hair of effort to do it i'm also very excited to see what they'll do with a full off season like they they completed their first season what do they do in the off season what moves do they make as an entity as like player acquisition when do they start up training camps now that they actually already have players on contract they like they'll have a draft but seemingly you're not drafting as many players because you're not filling up the teams yeah it's gonna have small roster sizes like i don't think they're changing the roster sizes very much yeah i don't think they may add a couple more people i i do think they need to add those big guys man i think they need to up it up because it's you know what I mean? out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I do think they do need to add a little bit more depth. Um, I don't know how much they do, though, because I think they still want to save money. Like, I don't know how big they make these rosters. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But if you don't have enough people, you don't have enough people. Dude. That's what I'm with, though. Like, I think they do need to increase them. I want that's I mean, something I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to look at because I wonder, like, what they do for the draft. I wonder how many players they end up drafting. And I wonder, uh, are we, are we going to get roster increases? And then I'm also. Get- New coaches. Yeah. New coaches. Are we gonna get team ownerships? Are there gonna be a couple hubs? You know, it's I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of skeptical about the team ownerships. I really hope so, but this... I would re- I would ra- like I definitely yeah. recommend it, but yeah. the more we get out like maybe in the off season, like the real off season for the USFL, I'll be swayed a little bit. But as I'm seeing it right now, at most maybe they'll do like another hub city where they'll have like a northern hub city somewhere in like Michigan or Jersey or somewhere for the northern teams to play or the southern and then Birmingham for the southern teams or maybe they'll have like a stadium contract with each it'll uh each state where they'll put like a stadium for that team and the league would travel around as a whole entity so you're not paying for travel from like Michigan to Birmingham, blah, blah, blah. You're not paying for everyone to travel every week. You're just paying for like one big move every week. So they play all the games in Birmingham this week, all the games in Michigan this week, all the games in blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I think I like your first idea. 
a northern hub and a southern hub. I don't, like yeah. if they're gonna if they're not gonna do team ownerships, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, I think that would be the best play. Um, but you still run into the issue of one team having home field advantage the entire season. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, it, let's face it, it comes down to money. It comes down to the TV. It, it comes down to the TV deal. And Fox and NBC both seem really happy. Like, it was profitable for NBC. Fox seems extremely happy. They're guaranteed for a year, too. We'll see what happens. Plus, like, like I said it a couple weeks ago, as long as they have these streaming services, they need stuff for that. Yep. To put that on the Peacock, on whatever Fox sports streaming services, that is going to play. You know what I mean? So, I, I yeah. I mean, I think... You know, I I think there's definitely room to grow. They could like Fox Sports Two could do a like a fantasy show on it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I I think there's definitely a lot of room to grow. Um, with just a little effort, I think I think you could get something because I've said it for a while. I think spring football plays. I'm uh, I mean it's pretty obvious. I'm 100 percent there with you. <laughs> yeah. So once the once so I'm gonna be in Canton. I'm going to be at the game. Very excited for that. Looking forward to it. I'm going to be cheering on my star's future. Uh, Sorry, Stallions fans. After the championship game, when we're back for next week, we will break down all of the moves the XFL has made, what they've been up to, the showcases, everything like that. They've been doing a lot. They've been doing a lot behind the scenes. We'll talk some uh, we'll, – we'll kind of give you a little projection on the X-League. We'll talk some uh, some ELF. Their season's underway. We'll, we'll be talking a lot more about the other leagues without – the big one, USFL, uh, kind of in the prime of its season. Like, when the CFL gets into their postseason, guess what? We're going to really zone in and focus on the CFL. But until then, we're going to be covering them all. Be ready for that. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. You, you ready to break down the CFL week? Week four of the CFL? Already on week four. Already on week four. It's like time's flying, dude. You know, like, what's the saying? Time, Time's flying when you're having fun. I'm having a fucking blast. Speaking um, of which... BC Lions fans have to be having the time of their life right now. Dude, what the what the hell, dude? <laughs> Nathan Rourke, Canadian of the month. I mean, Canadian of the year, dude. Like he's like he's dominating. He's BOC, dude. He's he's balling out of control. He's fucking insane. That's the first game Thursday night. BC Lions against the Ottawa Redblacks. Redbacks coming off a bye. BC Lions are two point favorites. See, Uncle Rico is a little pissed off at himself because Uncle Rico likes to get ahead of the line. Uncle Rico missed the three, but Uncle Rico got the two and a half. So I, I, I dabbled. I took the, I, I took the Redbacks plus the two and a half. This is fishy. Really? Why is this fishy? So the, the Red Blacks looked really good. They looked really good against the Blue Bombers, but they still lost by more than a touchdown each game. Mm-hmm. I think the BC Lions are looking better than the Red Blacks right now. Red Blacks so coming than, off than the Bombers. Okay. Red Blacks are coming off a bye, though. That's fair. They're going to be at home. They're going to be at home. Jeremiah Masoli's a wild card. God, I feel like I'm getting suckered taking this minus two. There's, you're, it's fishy. You're going to take BC minus two? I might. The only play I'm confident in this game is the over. Okay. Over 48. Lock that up. Lock I'm going to take the minus two, but lock up the 48. Okay. I'm 
I I may be walking into a trap here, but I I've watched both these teams. The Red Blacks look good, but BC looks to be on another plane of existence right now. But are you buying the hype though? I'm buying Nathan Rourke. But I mean, he did it against the Argonauts, and he did it against the Elks. Those are two like not great teams from what it's looking like. That's the issue. You know what? I'm I did the red the red blacks. The- I took the minus one oh five. I took the plus one fourteen. I'm just a little higher on this team. I like taking teams. I I'm like- high on the red blacks. I I like them a lot. BC shifted my whole plane of reality. <laughs> See, buddy. They were my worst team coming in. You like I kind of feel like right now you're like this the guy at the bar who met the girl at 2 a.m. And then you you went out on two dates with her, and now the third date you take her to a fine establishment like Chili's. And she's not she's not Chili's material. She's not Chili's material, dude. She's 25 cent Morgan's bar and grill material. She's so, gas station hot dog material. Yeah, so dude, you know, I if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I my apologize. issue is I still I still take that third date. I still go to Chili's 10 times out of 10. I'm making this mistake. I'll die with this mistake. I'm taking the BC Lions minus two. Uh, I, I love the over 48, though. I love the over 48. Yeah, I've, I'm seeing it at 47 at some spots. Love that even more. Up now, next- do you think this is one of those games, because you hit it a couple weeks ago, um, that starts off a little bit slower and we can get a better number live? Possibly. Oh. Ottawa usually, like... They play these weird defenses, but like Masoli, he puts up the yardage. They just haven't capitalized. But I think the, I think the defense of the Blue Bombers is better than the defense of the Lions. I just think this offense is insane, and they score like a shitload of points. I think Masoli capitalizes on a lot of those red zone trips that the uh, the Red Blacks make, and they get more touchdowns than they do against a team like the Bombers because they've only two games in. They've only played the Bombers twice. Yeah, yeah, which. And the Bombers are before. still like they're still top one, top two team. Yeah, best defense. I'd say yes, best defense. Yeah. So I mean, they sh- the Redbacks should be able to move the ball better. That's uh, that's what makes me in love with this over. Oh. Game number two, Friday night football. We got the Edmonton Elks taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I believe these are my two worst power ranked teams. You know what? Um, I am going to pass in this game. Like I cats are minus seven. I've uh, been burned plus 220 on the underline you know and over 46 and a half. I've been burned by the tiger cats two weeks in a row. I feel like I hit a lotto ticket in the Elks bet last week. Well, that Elks bet that is a rivalry game. It's the battle for Alberta. I know, but like, it's just, you just watch that. There's just certain stuff these teams do, and I understand that the Elks coach is trying to build it, trying to get it going in the right direction. Tiger Cats can't afford to lose another one, but this is if a- anything. Yeah. I lean on the plus seven. I don't know if the Elks can win it, but the Tiger Cats have looked really bad at points, yeah. and they've like thrown away games in the second half, or even the end of the first. Like the yeah, how- it's, it's, it's real bad. Yeah, this is I can't. That this is too much. For me as a gambler, this is too much delay for the for the TCs, and I don't trust the Elks. You know, I may get involved in the under. I don't hate the under. I don't hate the under. 46.5 is the total. I'm probably staying away from that because Hamilton, like, yeah, you want to bet the under because the offense isn't great, but all of a sudden sometimes, like, they score 28 and still lose. 
Yeah, just out of the blue. So I'll, yeah. this is a pure pass for me. Uh, I'm going to take the plus seven. I, I kind of like that play a little bit. I think this could be a close game. I think Hamilton wins it, though, especially at home. That's a tough place to play. Uh, plus seven's my move. This is a tough one. That's a lean. It's not a lock by any stretch of the words. Up next, we have the Montreal Alouettes finally getting a win. The Alouettes were my, like, most unlucky team of the of the CFL up until last week when they fucking decimated the Rough Riders. Guess what? They're playing again. Alouettes versus Rough Riders. Rough Riders, four and a half point favorites at home. Ooh. Plus 170 on the money line, 46 as the over-under. See, the book I'm looking at has a three and a half. That's even better. I like the Rough Riders to kind of get a bounce back spot. Because guess what? We finally got the bad Cody Fajardo game. It happened. See, I what I really want to happen is, you know, I just, I want a minus. Can we get a minus three? It's weird because I'm seeing, I'm looking at Bet, Bet Stamp right now. I mean, I'm seeing anywhere from minus three and a half to minus four and a half. You might want to. Wait, I bet that goes down to a three. I mean, this line has been... It's fishy. It's its literally been all over the place, so... That makes sense because Cody Fajardo is an all-over-the-place quarterback, and if he has a good game, I think the Rough Riders win. If he has a bad game like last time, I think they lose. So this is a very hard game to bet. I'm pr- I would probably lead plus four and a half if you could get it. Uh, if you get down to minus three, maybe take that, because I think the Alouettes... The one thing the Alouettes are good at is keeping it close. They're an extremely competitive team, and they can kind of play with anybody, but they just they shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. And similar to the Ticats in some respects, they just they lose the last minute. Don't let it happen. I love the over 46 in this game, though. I I can see that. That's another lock. I'm on two over so far. Last game of the weekend, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Toronto Argonauts. Bombers minus five, plus 175 on the money line for the Argos, and a 42 and a half total. The lowest total. That's the, I think that's the lowest total of the season so far. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of an, I feel this is a little bit of an over adjustment. Um, doesn't, okay. So do the I'm, Argos start Chad Kelly? I mean, like, it's, it's hard because you don't know what's happening at the quarterback room. Um, if they start swag, you know, I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm pulling the trigger. Money line, Money line if they start swag. I'm pulling the trigger if they start swag. But I am too. It's this is the game, and you know, for those listening, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It's it's hard to make a bet when you don't know who QB one is. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got swag and I'm looking at a five right now on William Hill, I'm I'm taking that five all day. I'm hundred percent. But if I don't have swag, this is probably just a pass for me. The only game I honestly really like this week is the Redbacks. I mean, I think this is a very tough week in the CFL. This is an extremely tough week. I'm maybe on the over in this game. And so the the way I'm I'm handicapping this is without Swag Kelly, I'm taking the five for the Bombers. With Swag Kelly, I'm on Argo's money line just as principal. I'm definitely on the plus five. Yeah. So, yeah. I... I am going to be Swag Keller bust for me. Uh, that's probably the smart move. The only game we have a difference in is I am on the Lions minus two. Okay, all right. I'm on. I'm on the Redbacks plus the two and a half and the plus the one fourteen. Okay. Do you have any interesting little parlays this week? 
So this is the parlay that I'm looking at. And tell me what you think. I'm going to take the under 22 in the Stallions Stars. Okay. 22 first half. I'm going to take the Stars plus. Uh, I'm seeing 23, by the way, where I'm at. Oh, you're at Bovada? Yeah, Bovada has 23, just so you know. Okay. Well, let, let me let me pull up Bovada here right there. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I've learned – I thought the Caesars app usually had the best. Shop, shop around. Everybody, rookie mistake, rookie mistake. No, no, you're good. I mean, I, this is for the viewer out there, the listener. Make sure you're yeah. shopping around. So, Window shop. Let's – all right, so I'm going to – I'm going to take the plus 165 on the stars. I'm going to okay, take okay. the first half – under, I've seen 22 and a half on, on Bovada, where I am. For the Stars? For the Stars uh, Stallions. Yes. I was talking about the Red Blacks game. I oh, that's okay. What I said first. Um, then I am going to take, this is a tough week, man. You know, God, this is a tough week. Um, I am going to take in the CFL, I'm going to take the Redbacks. What do we got? I'll take the Redbacks plus the 105. And that's at a plus 937. I mean, that's, I think that's kind of what I'm doing this week. I dig that. I'm, I'm going to take the over in the BC Lions Red Blacks game, and I'm going to take the over in the Montreal Saskatchewan game. Just parlay those together. Plus 264. Now, Sway Kelly's playing. I'm, I'm all over Argonauts. that over too. I'm adding the Argonauts plus 175. That gets this parlay out to plus. It's basically 27 and a half to one. I might just take the, I might parlay three of those games overs. Look at you, dude. I might get cheeky and do a four way. Do a filthy four way. Filthy four way on the overs. Can I round robin that? You should be able to, my friend. I can throw how much on there boom throw 20 bucks disgusting i love it boom on every cfl over we're hoping for points this week hey buddy you know what clay thompson says shoot or shoot damn right damn right that'll do it for this episode of spring fever brought to you as always by better than vegas head over on to better than dot Vegas. Go get yourself some merch. Go get yourself some good ass gambling picks. We're giving away winners, folks. Week in, week out. Hey, buddy. You know what they say? Winners win. Follow on Twitter at BTV Bets. Follow Eric here on Twitter at Etoff21. Follow him on Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. You got a new show coming on next week, buddy. Dude, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, gonna have to have you on once you get back in town. It's gonna be a little. 30-minute sports show. Talk about sports. Talk about fantasy. Talk about gambling. That's going to be on Twitch and YouTube every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or if you're in God's country like Jim and I, 9 to 9.30. That's the central time is God's time zone. You all know where to find me at XFL Jim on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Facebook. I am all over with the USFL coming down to a close. My USFL recaps are ended. If you can't tell, I didn't really do anything for the playoffs just because there's not nearly as many games to recap. I kind of like, why double up on having a USFL recap for one game when we're going to talk about it here on Spring Fever? That's been my mentality. I got the CFL recaps in full swing, but 
Coming up, now that I don't have USFL to watch every single day, I have some. I will have at least one day a week, Sunday, with no football on my weekend. Guess what, folks? The XFL Gym Showcase is coming. Be prepared. Be prepared. It's on the horizon. Dude, I, you know what? I'm, my interest is peaked for That's that. I'm talking about. Thank you all for watching. Give us a follow on Spotify, whatever you can find us, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, thank you all. 